time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, you know his voice from Fox Sports, Doug Gottlieb show and NFL Red Zone show, the effervescent Dan Beyer. We're going to be talking to Dan in just a sec. First, let me thank the folks that sponsor this podcast for real. All things comedy. Google them and never worry about laughing again. Bill Burr ain't putting his name on some of that uh, ain't good. So go to all things comedy. We got Advice Corner, Fiery Four, Pop Quiz. I'll come at great show. And as always, before we get to my guest, time for the Waterhouse Update. Brought to you by Acetaminophen. Blow the aspirin right into your face with Acetaminophen. NFL! Chicago Bears divisional chances snuffed out by a daring raid in northern Syria. And Mitch Trubisky. Falcons getting booed like Harvey Weinstein sneaking into a comedy showcase. The Saints won with Breeze and Bridgewater. Next up, Beyonce. Packers, like a desperate realtor on a triple espresso, they just keep coming at you. Aaron Rodgers threw a TD off his back foot. Meanwhile, I snapped another unintended screenshot on my iPhone. And finally, Bill Belichick got his 300th career win and celebrated by cutting off yet another important part of his sweatshirt. That pro wrap-up. Sponsored by Pill Bottle Cotton. Make your own clothes with Pill Bottle Cotton. It's free cotton, for God's sake. College football. Kansas State beats Oklahoma despite Lincoln Riley telling the umps, don't you know who I am? Michigan dismantles Notre Dame like the cops taking apart your neighbor's meth lab. Big game, Penn State versus Minnesota, and no, it's not college hockey. That college wrap-up brought to you by Lester Holt, the guy you fast-forward through when you're watching Dateline. World Series, whatever dignity may have been left in our nation's capital, Houston just took it. George Springer hits one deep, deep. Call a creepy Uber driver, that ball's going out tonight. The Nationals scoring less at home than Mike Pence. Series back in Houston, Game 6 is Dana Holgerson bald spot night. First 10,000 bald Astros fans through the turnstiles will get a useless advisor. That item sponsored by Unpotable Water. The thirstier you are, the more potable it gets. NBA Clippers beat the Lakers in one half off valet parking at Mr. Chow's. Wow, that's a big that's a big deal. Golf! <coughs> Golf! Tiger Woods won his record-setting 82nd tournament this weekend in Japan, where there are no Applebee's to distract him. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1900, the place Paris, France. The second modern Olympics came to an end with no closing ceremony. Why did that tradition have to die? This Waterhouse Update brought to you by tea. When there's no other choice but scalding water, try tea. Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, young Bohunk from Wisconsin with a sports radio dream. He's living it now. You can hear him every day on Fox Sports' Doug Gottlieb Show, and he hosts the Fox Sports NFL Red Zone every Sunday. Dan Byer. Dan, how are you today? 
Chet, that dream has been fulfilled being able to talk with you on what was a magnificent sports week for so many of us. Well, you know what? Why don't we just pack it in right here, then why get into the details? Hey, uh, you know, uh, before we get started on a lot of that, because we got a lot to talk about, uh, let's talk a little bit about you. I always guess the body type of uh, my guest, and uh, you have the athletic body type of an all-state high school pulling guard. That's what you look like to me. I don't know if you can make it at Division Three uh, or even NAIA, but you look like a quality Wisconsin because you're from Milwaukee, right? I am actually from Merrill, Wisconsin. So, oh. yeah, so even further north, wow. the, uh, the population hovered around 10,000. It depends on the census year. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're below, but in the great north central part of the state. And I'll take pulling guard. I've been called much worse. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's for sure. <laughs> and Merrill's one of those towns that has, has that's like a one-horse town. They have like a one industry. It's like coffee filters or something. What do they make in Merrill? They make one filter. <laughs> <laughs> well, they used to they used to make they used to make paper, but then that closed down, just like so many towns. But Merrill's <laughs> right. slogan is, "Hey, we're not Anago," so yeah. that's what's great about the town of Merrill. It's 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 great. At least we didn't burn to the ground ninety years ago. That's a great slogan. <laughs> I like that. That's so that's so pesh to go. That is so oh, that's Pestigo. right. Pestigo, uh, who cares up there? Uh, it's, uh, look, if the bass fishing's good, who cares where you are? Now, uh, what's your greatest they athletic? Creative. What's that? They weren't, cre- they weren't creative with the town names. No, back no, in they the got day, ego you know? going and they slapped yeah. a bunch of. Uh, just uh, just uh, had a go. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. I'm sure there's a Pontigo up there and a Mesh to go. There's a bunch of to goes up there. Can just get the fish fry vat boiling, for God's sake. Leave us alone. Uh, did you play in high school? You played, right? I played a little hoops, played a little football, uh, tried to play a little golf. But, I mean, I mean we were we were something else. 0-9 my junior football season. Ouch. A 1-15 in conference uh, hoops my senior season. So we carried on the tradition of, of just of greatness or at least just playing sports and getting pummeled. I will say in that 0-9 football season, we were competitive in two games. So there is something to – something to hang your hat on with that, that maybe entering the second half, maybe entering the fourth quarter, that we had something going, but that was about it. Merrill is a wrestling and a girls basketball town. Well, that's a so, testament. Yeah, that's a yeah. testament to Coach Krusty Johnson, who had you guys ready to play every Friday at 5.30 p.m. because you had to get it in before us. People started burning their leaves, and you got cancer from that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wrestling is huge there. And then, the, yeah, girls hoops. Uh, that's a big the, uh, power. What's the nickname there? The Merrill, um, uh, the Merrill uh, Marmots. No, I took a <laughs> shot. The, the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays would be the uh, the mascot. Oh, wow. the, it's also yeah. Also, nobody put of, any work in on that. Boy, no, you know, absolutely not. <laughs> now they they threw away the town names. They threw away the nicknames. They didn't put work in on any of the creative things in Central Northern but, Wisconsin. That's sad. They were the Merrill people for like 30 years. They're like, maybe we should switch this up. <laughs> the Merrill folks. <laughs> yeah. That's a, all right, let's dive in the heck with Wisconsin, although we'll get back to them. Uh, NFL, uh, you're immersed. You're knee deep in NFL action. And incidentally, uh, this portion of the broadcast, folks, brought to you by the five second rule, the world's third deadliest killer. And insomnia eggs. Our chickens are raised only on organic coca leaves, plus whiners. Exactly what you'd expect out of a wine bar. NFL. 
your biggest surprise so far this season, positive surprise. My biggest surprise has got to be the San Francisco 49ers, not just for the simple fact that they're 7-0, but I do think they are the best team in the National Football League, even better than the New England Patriots. New England really hasn't played anyone, and while you could make the same argument for the 49ers, they do have a great win against a really good Rams team in Los Angeles. The defense has been dominant, and for one of the stories, just to give you an example of what the 49ers have done, we know what Kyle Allen had done with the Carolina Panthers not throwing an interception for four games. Right. Well, what does he do? He ends up going to San Francisco, and the Niners turn him over constantly, throwing three picks, and they leave 51-13. to 13. Yeah. Carolina leaves town as a loser. It, it, by the way, first time in NFL history that score has ever been been made, 51-13. to 13. Wow. The 49ers, to me, are just the biggest surprise in the NFL. Well, well, you know, a lot of people have gone to San Francisco and gotten turned over many times. What's your... Uh... <laughs> What's your biggest disappointment? Who's the biggest disappointment for you? Uh, Barring Mahomes' injury, who's the biggest disappointment? Yeah, yeah. I have to think you have to look at the Chicago Bears. And considering what happened in their game against the Chargers on Sunday, to see Matt Nagy try to defend what was just an awful coaching decision and settling for a 41-yard field goal, this was a team that I think a lot of people expected growth from Mitchell Trubisky, the defense, even though they lost their defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, to Denver. You still had Chuck Pagano in there. The Bears have been a big disappointment for me and to see that a field goal kick came down to another another tight Bears game and then Matt Nagy wanted to say well we were fine with kicking a 41 yard field goal when the entire offseason was about the team missing a 43 yard field goal kind of sums up the Bears season so I expect expected a lot more from Chicago I'd put Atlanta in there as well but I don't think that Atlanta had as many high hopes as Chicago did. So the Bears, to me, are a huge disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Tip of the cap to uh, the Bears for keeping an Italian in the D.C. position. That's good. They went from Fangio <laughs> to Pagano. <laughs> Upcoming is one of the Petricelli brothers, I think. And then after like that, uh, in, def- yeah. in defense of uh, Matt Nagy, uh, you know, if, if you're between Mitch Trubisky and the, the field goal kicker, uh, that's like sitting down with your 90-year-old parents and saying you want to be buried or cremated. That's a tough spot. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you, Chet, because of your great travels, if there was one city in the world that you could pick to not kick a field goal where it may be troubling because, I don't know, the weather sometimes gets bad or the conditions may not be advantageous, what city would that be? Uh, yeah, Pro- well, you know, yeah. when, when your nickname's the Windy City. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right? No, let's just, let's just kick a 41. Who the, needs only, to the, the only place yards? worth, the, uh, if, if there was a city whose nickname was the Windy in Your Face City, then maybe <laughs> they might get the nod. But other than that, I'd have to go with Chicago. Hey, that tip brought to you by Electricity, the electricity that's just a little hipper than yours. And rain, freaking out L.A. drivers since 1771. College football, your biggest surprise of the year. Wow. Uh, I would say probably the emergence of Joe Burrow and LSU for what they have done, because we've known an LSU team of being a defensive-minded squad that will run the ball, and that's how you're going to end up winning football games. But to see them change their offense, to see them air it out, and right now – 
The Heisman race is basically Joe Burrow's to lose. Chase Young had a great weekend for Ohio State, but Joe Burrow's been carrying this mantle. And the CLSU now take over Alabama in the latest AP poll as the number one team in the country. That has surprised me. I've also had a general a general thought, Chet, that the best teams in the Pac-12 are no longer the ones that will score 45 points a game and run up and down the field. I've been surprised that the slim hopes that the Pac-12 actually has in making the college football playoff actually comes from teams like Oregon and Utah that will stop you on defense and run over you on offense. Yeah, you LSU know, and man. Joe Burrow has been my surprise. Yeah, you know why those uh, Pac-12 teams may uh, may stop you on defense? They got uh, they got Italian defensive coordinators. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I agree with you. I, li- I like the Burrow kid, but I don't think they're number one until they uh, knock off Alabama. Sorry. I, I just don't see it in that conference. Uh, you got to go in to Tuscaloosa, and you got to beat them. And then you're number one. Uh, because, uh, you know, I keep looking around going, hey, uh, they gave up 38 to, like, Vandy or something. I know they're improving, <laughs> but, that, you know, that's a Dave Aranda defense that's supposed to be down in the two or three score range. And uh, they're, they're just giving up points in giant bucketfuls. Who's your biggest disappointment in college football? Oh wow! There, there are there are a few. I mean, I, I you can almost say what's happened with Wisconsin over these last two weeks. Sorry, I know it hits home, but to lose at Illinois and then go into Ohio State and really just show the gap of these last two weeks, I don't think that there's been a bigger fall than what you've had with with Wisconsin. Just because you thought maybe this was the year, maybe they can go to Ohio State, knock off the Buckeyes, and try to break through with a defense that was the most dominant defense in college football. I also think you have to put really overall of the season, Texas, because we keep on waiting for Tom Herman and Sam Ellinger to turn the corner. He throws four interceptions this past week, losing to a TCU team off the heels of their loss against Oklahoma. I think a lot of people were hoping more with Texas. I'm sure you probably thought I was going to say Michigan, but how in the world can you say that after they did what they did to Notre Dame? this Because past Notre Dame's not that good. That's how you can say that. <laughs> Go after the Wolverines. Lay off the Badgers. What's wrong with you? The Badgers still got a shot. Here's the deal with Wisconsin. Is, uh, they gave it away at Illinois. They knew they gave it away. You look at the stats. Everything added up for them. They had 40 minutes of possession against Illinois. 40 minutes! And they lost in the final second. So even if they got snake bit in that game, you got to turn around and go, uh, all right, we got it right in front of us. And they played good for 35 minutes at Ohio State. And then Ohio State made the adjustment, and they got that Dobbins kid. They got him a couple of holes. And that opened up the whole game. That was the game there. But, but if they keep their head screwed on, uh, they could sweep. Their games, they could take the uh, the West in the Big Ten, and they could face Ohio State again. And uh, you know, if they can uh, chop that down to thirty eight fifty, they'll be respectable. No, I think they would have a shot. I think those kids got to be thinking. Here's the one thing: Wisconsin rarely has billboard material, but uh, the quarterback, good kid from Ohio State, the Fields kid, uh, he just went up and said, "Hey, we could have scored fifty or more." And uh, I think that's going to wind up on a billboard, hopefully somewhere in uh, in a bulletin board in uh, the Wisconsin locker room. Well, well, there's something to what you're saying as well, and this is what I think is going to burn Badger fans, is when they realize that actually last Saturday's game probably wasn't the most important game. For the simple fact of, let's say you lost at Ohio State, you mentioned it. There's a path for Wisconsin to get to the Big Ten championship game as the West Division winner. They still have Minnesota to play. They still have Iowa to, de- uh, to play. Minnesota's got a tough game against Penn State, and I mentioned the Badger game. So there is a path. If you only would have lost to Illinois, 
you could have avenged that loss to maybe Ohio State or played a Penn State team and got yourself in the playoff. Unfortunately, with two losses, their hopes are done with that. Yeah, well, uh, that that disturbing news brought to you by Confetti, the fat confetti that won't get stuck in people's hair. For your next ticker tape parade, make it Confetti. And glitter out of here, the strip club glitter remover that really works. Hey, listen, uh, 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 World Series, when do you stop caring about a World Series? I'll tell you when I, like literally... Uh, Dan, uh, Dan Byer, we're talking to Dan Byer from uh, uh, Foxport. Uh, I spotted some chocolate cake in my fridge, and I missed the final four and a half innings. That's what did it for me, caring about the, about the World Series. When do you, because you're more of a football guy, when do you stop caring? Well, I'll tell you what. Now that apparently there's nudity at the World Series, yeah, I think brother. their viewership is going to be rising through the roof. It's a tough one to get to. I don't care what people say. You may not like the Dodgers. You may hate the Dodgers. You may not like the Yankees. You may hate the Yankees. But if they're in the World Series, you're watching them to possibly lose. Houston and Washington may have the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. Unfortunately, they aren't ticking that needle. And, heck, you could get lost in an Aaron Rodgers, Matt more showdown instead of a game five of the world series. <laughs> yeah, that's so those, really those, true. That's yeah, really those true. Brand names end up, end up uh, playing a big part of it. No disrespect to Houston or the nationals, but that's just the fact of the matter. And more people want to see Aaron Rodgers have throwaway touchdowns or Matt Moore actually try to do the impossible than watch what was going on in game five. But the nudity thing again yeah. Could be an angle Major League Baseball wants to look into. Well, well that's a that's a that's a Fox angle right there. Just strip people half naked and put them in front of a camera. <laughs> hey, listen, and all you folks out there, that was uh, 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 that was Dan Byer disrespecting uh, Houston and Washington. Uh, <laughs> all right, now you're here every day before we get rolling on some of these little segments here. Uh, you're with the Doug Gottlieb fella. Uh, he he's the one guy. Uh, and sports radio, that they should ch- just keep him going straight through commercial breaks. Don't even tell him. Just let him talk. Go to commercial. <laughs> come back. He'll be in the middle of something because he can't stop talking. He loves talking. He's great at it. He's one of those guys. I don't mind if you'd fade out in the middle of a of a of an opinion of his, and then just come right back in after a Budweiser commercial. Uh, you work with him like every day. Give me a good Gottlieb story because this guy's a, he looks like a gym rat to me. Yeah, he is a gym rat, and he's ripped, and he's a great athlete. But here's the great thing about Doug Gottlieb, and this is what this is what is magnificent about it is, you may hear Doug Gottlieb say something that you just cannot agree with, that you think he is one million percent wrong, but all of a sudden, two weeks later, when certain things play out or certain things fall through. He's actually more right than you actually would believe. And it really is an art because it takes everything into account when you're making your opinion. Plus, uh, trust me, with this this business, there are a lot of non-researched takes that don't have information that are just out there to grab headlines. Doug's may grab the headlines for as far out there as they may be, but they're well thought out. And in some way or another, I know this isn't a great, great story, but for the, some of the stuff that he gets flack for, they turn out to be uh, true more so than you would, you would believe it's, it's uncanny. It actually drives me nuts, but that's a Doug Gottlieb story for you. Doug Gottlieb, the irritating soothsayer. 
Listen, I got a bona fide big time sports radio guy with me. Time for advice corner, actual takeaway from the great Dan Beyer of Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Dan, these are actual questions you and I both know. Uh, young kids uh, living uh, living out in uh, rural Merrill, Wisconsin, and uh, Kenosha County, uh, thinking I have got to get out of here and do something with my life. Would grasp at any straw on radio. There may be someone listening to us right now who's uh, thinking this could be a career for them. Let's see if we can't help Matt. I'll ask you some legit questions and uh, just fire off an answer that comes to the top of your head. Question number one, quick tip for keeping a listener's attention. And when, when you're on the radio, what's a, what's a good tip for a, for a young kid getting into it that is going to make sure he keeps his listener's attention? You have to speak clearly and make sure that your point is getting across. Oh, brother, I should try that. Yeah. Yes, that's how I did it. And I tried to do it right there when I was speaking to you to make sure <laughs> yes. that they need to listen. So speak clearly to get your point across. Now, that is what I think is key. That, that's awesome. Uh, second question. How much homework should you do and how much uh, should you wing it on air? How much prep versus oh. how much improv? I pride myself on my sports foundation of knowledge of the last 25 years. But for every hour of show I do, I feel I should do an hour of preparation. So if there is a three-hour show you want to put in, guess what? Maybe two to three hours of preparation just to make sure. And then that foundation that you have when stuff happens as your show is going on, which we have every single Sunday on Fox Sports Radio, myself and Ephraim Salam on Red Zone Radio. When certain things pop up, you can always go back to that foundation or go back to that prep work and realize just in that moment what is actually going on. Something as simple as knowing NFL rules, knowing someone's stats, all of that is key. So preparation is big. I say for every hour, do an hour of prep. And that's the problem with the Chicago Bears. For every hour game, they do an hour of prep. Producer hat, put that baby on. How do you tell whether something's provocative that you could give, uh, say, Gottlieb or someone in that position, or whether it's too far, it's over the edge? Where, where do you? How do you know? Well, that's the, it's actually. I think in knowing, yeah, knowing where the line is is the is the toughest part. If you could just find that line, sometimes you're going to go over it, but there's that's the risk you take. And and sometimes you have to do that, but to push it as far as you can. Also, to not have this say, it's not about trying to be different. It's trying to come at, from a unique angle or just trying to be the opposite. I don't think that arguing radio is necessarily the greatest thing, but right. if you can make me think in a different way, then that helps me. And sometimes the things are way out in left field or really, really close to that line. But if I don't think that you've put anything into it or I just think that it's 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 something to get attention, I'm not going to pay attention to it. So there's got to be some substance there. But I think you have to go to the line because what's the point of doing it if you're just driving down the middle of the road? you got to try to push those angles because that's how you're going to – that's how you're really going to make your mark. When do you stay out of the way? Because uh, you work with uh, – Gottlieb, you work with uh, the Salam. When do you stay out of the way? When do you inject? That is a very good question. I think when it when it comes to the points of say I'm working with a former player like Ephraim Salam, I don't have the ability to share his experiences. So I have to let him go. But if I think that he's missing a point or if I put myself in the listener's place and say, Hey, I'm wondering about this. 
then I will try to get that out of him. Otherwise, I just have to sit back and, and let him go because that's what that's what the player is there for. That's what he's doing in broadcasting. So if Ibram is on a on a tangent because the Browns did something stupid again, I kind of have to sit back. But if he's missing a point or there's something that maybe the listener needs to know, that's when I'll try to find my spot. But I will try not to interrupt him. Right. as he's doing, and I will do it after he makes the point. Uh, that's a good tip. Keeps the listener's perspective. Last, uh, what's your best travel tip? Because I know you traveled. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I traveled here, there, and anywhere. Um, for someone with motion sickness, I think I've kept Dramamine in business. Uh, sleep on any plane that you can get. Get as much rest as you can, and that's the that's the best way to do it. Yeah, let's put Dramamine in quotes there, because I don't know what the hell you're taking. You're getting stuff in black market. <laughs> that Advice Corner from Dan Beyer brought to you by U-Drive, the app that lets you rent your own car to take you wherever you want to go. And the Catapult. Launch your cat 500 feet. See if he stops peeing behind the couch then okay now oh oh dan Bayer, fox sports it's time for the fiery four dan these are sports takes hotter than the pepper sauce at a taco truck with expired tags fire number one who's gonna get the atlanta falcons job will it be a usual suspect or will they get some crazy hire and go uh, get a guy who's running a wing tee at a high school in indiana what are they gonna do down there because they got to make a change i would lean towards the indiana wing tee i don't think you're gonna see i I think you're gonna see more college guys go to the national football league and i think you could see a Full clearing of the house in Atlanta. Not only does Dan wow. Quinn go, Thomas Dimitrov could go as well as a general manager. And I think you're going to find more guys being plucked from the college ranks going to the NFL. That's what I think is going to happen in Atlanta. Bloodbath in Atlanta. Look for that uh, kid from Louisville. Is coaching Louisville. Maybe he'll get the pot. Fire number two. This, this pains me to say it, Badger to Badger. But are the Minnesota Gophers for real? Absolutely not. They haven't played anyone yet. <laughs> the reality is about to hit home. I, I, I know a nice 52-10 win over Maryland, whatever it was, is, is great to have on the scoreboard. But when you look at who they have played and really who they have yet to play, you will realize why Minnesota is still unbeaten. The Gophers are not for real. Well, I think that I think they might have a shot. I think it's one of those crazy years. There's a 43-yard punt. Oop, it bounced backwards, 39 yards. That's the kind of breaks the Gophers might get this year, and they, they could run it. Fire number three! All right, we're going to get my producer Gary involved in this one, too. Clay Helton, in or out? And I don't mean his belly button. <laughs> I will say this. I think they're in. They actually have a chance to win the Pac-12 South, and I don't know how you move on from him there unless you have a handshake deal with Urban Meyer, which I don't think is the case. I think USC is playing better football. They just won at Colorado on Friday night. They actually have a path to get to the Pac-12 title game. I think Clay Helton stays at USC. And here in response, my producer, Gary Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Gary does not like Clay Helton. They won at Colorado. Colorado beat themselves. That, come on. Hey, well, when, you know, you hey, have... somebody's got to beat them. <laughs> who cares who it is if it goes on your W? <laughs> when your third-string quarterback's one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, I mean. I'd take that, him at Wisconsin right now. <laughs> yeah, right? 
<laughs> oh, that kid's, that kid's completing a lot of passes at Wisconsin, but uh, they're, they're not dynamic enough yet. But, uh, yeah, I think Clay Helton could survive this. And finally, fire number four. The Pats once again got to be the Super Bowl favorite. Who is your dark horse? Dan Beyer, Fox Sports Radio. Who's your dark horse to take the uh, Super Bowl? Wow. I said that the 49ers are the most surprising team. I, we may be on a fast track for a 49ers New England Super Bowl. But Ooh. if I'm not taking the two obvious teams, I will take a team that got a win yesterday that is now just sitting there at four and four, the Philadelphia Eagles. They wow. were my preseason pick. I think Philadelphia has the talent. This whole hubbub this past week about their locker room being in disarray, I think, brings them together. I think Philadelphia can make it back to the Super Bowl. Wow, and that'll be like a Walking Dead comeback there because they got to climb over some bodies to get to the Super Bowl. That fiery four brought to you by, hey, this is a tribute to you, Gunga Dan's for really mild Indian food. Try Gunga Dan's. Now, I understand you may have a pop quiz for me. Uh, this is Dan Byer, Fox Sports Radio. I'm a six now, six and 71 and one. In pop quizzes. But, you know, I'm moving the needle. I'm starting to come on. Uh, uh, we got a little a theme song for this, too. Hang on, Dan. Here it is. All right. Pop, pop, quiz. Not bad, huh? No, I love it. I love it. And for pop quiz question number one, you know I love sports. Yes. So, Chet, Aaron Rodgers took over the starting quarterback job from Brett Favre. We know that Brett Favre took over the starting quarterbacking job from Don Mikowski. Who did Don Mikowski take the starting quarterback job from when he was in Green Bay? Uh, Scott Hunter. Oh, that's too far back. Uh, he took it over from, oh, a Lynn Dickey. It would be the one and only former Wisconsin Badger, Randy Wright. Oh, brother. Wow. Randy Number Wright played 16. professionally? <laughs> Some would argue. Some would argue, <laughs> but it was Randy Wright who passed the torch to the magic man, Don Mikowski, in Green Bay, which then set off the great quarterbacking the Packers have had over the last 30 well, years. So, uh, uh, we're not for Randy Wright. There might not be this legacy in Green Bay. So, a uh, tip of the cap uh, to uh, the Badger quarterback who may have made the biggest difference in the pros outside of Russell Wilson. All right, I'm 0-1-1. Let me see if I can even the playing field. Dan Byer, Fox Sports Radio. Second question, Pop Quiz. And this actually gives you an opportunity to go one of two ways. I love geography. So what I want to know, and this maybe isn't really a geography question, but name one of the two states that have the most vowels in their name. There are two states with six vowels in their name. Name one of them. Wow. Two states with six vowels in their name. Uh, Let's see. Uh, North Hawaii. That's... I'm trying to add vowels as I go here. Six vowels. Let's see. No, that's only one vowel four times. Oh, man. You see how I do my work, though? I do it. I do. And, and I I can show you my work because this is all on paper. I'm sketching it out right now. Uh, I'm going to have to go, uh, uh, let's see, uh, North Carolina. You were close. South Carolina was uh, one of the Josh, of course. Damn we it. Also Although that's as close as I want to get to South Carolina is North Carolina. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> state. So. I'm kidding. Charleston, South Carolina, beautiful state. All right. I'm 0-2. Damn it. What was the other one? Louisiana. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I never thought of that one. Oh, 
Never Damn thought it. of that one. No, who All would right. have thunk of that? I only think of that for food. And let's be honest, LSU, Wisconsin, probably the greatest tailgate uh, ever between Wisconsin <laughs> fans and LSU. All right, I'm 0-2. Let's see if I can save my dignity, Dan Byer. All right. Well, Bonnie Franklin gave us some great advice with One Day at a Time. What sitcom was that city set in? Uh, Shreveport. I took a shot. <laughs> that was close. Uh, you know, Schneider would be walking through the door. In the oh, great that's city right. Schneider. So he was East Coast. Uh, let's go Philadelphia. Yeah, it was It was Indianapolis. Chad, I just told Indianapolis. you the answer. Yeah, Indianapolis. That's yeah, there a- weren't many... There weren't many, uh, many uh, sitcoms set in Indianapolis. There were none. Zero. I don't even think that one was set there. But I'm 0-2, so it doesn't matter. I'm 0-3 now. Indianapolis. Who puts a sitcom in Indianapolis with a guy who talks like he's straight out of Brooklyn? He's your janitor. What did he just move there? Five minutes. I can't take it anymore. That pop quiz brought to you by Porn on the Cob, Iowa's number one adult store. My guest today, the great Dan Beyer. Follow Dan on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. That's at Dan Beyer on Fox. Fox. Listen to him weekdays on the Doug Gottlieb Show and catch him hosting Fox Sports NFL Radio Zone uh, Radio Red Zone. There we go. Fox Sports NFL Red Zone Radio Sundays at 5 p.m. Eastern. Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Chet, anytime. Had a lot of fun. You got it. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Visit jeffcesario.com for upcoming dates. His comedy album dropping this winter sometime. Thanks to all of you for listening. Sponsor, uh, support my, uh, well, sponsor my sponsor. Either way, all things comedy, they're called. Google them. They're uh, like a website. They got all kinds of comedy on there. You never have to worry about a place to go to laugh ever again. If you want more of me this weekend, guys, I'll be in Pimple Sex Wales for the first annual Brexit Darts Championships. Winner calls the shots for Great Britain for a full year with the EU. Oh, that's powerful. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.